0: Online at WGNSradio.com. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All sports talk is on News Radio WGNS.
1: All Sports Talk is sponsored by Good Neighbor State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamon and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro, Smyrna, and all of Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Freakside at Three Rivers Assisted Living, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care, and the Blue Raider Insider Report sponsored by Mike Tanzel at My Team Insurance, Steve Ruckert with RAI
0: Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. We put the all in all sports talk. From the preps to MTSU, we've got you covered. It's all sports talk on Rutherford County's Place to Talk.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to all sports talk, a blistering wednesday here in murfreesboro and looks like it'll be that way tomorrow as well maybe a little relief in sight at the end Won't only be like end of the week probably only be 93 so anyway <laughs> it's going to be hot 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 hey today we're going to be joined by diane Kurt- turnham um she's the senior women's uh, associate uh head athlete i can't even get her title right she's a <laughs> She, Nobody
3: can. It's a long she's one. She's
2: big time in charge over at MTSU, let's put it that way. And, you know, deals, you know, predominantly with women's sports, but other things as well. And uh, Coach, as I always call you, Coach, thanks for joining us as always.
3: Well, Monty, it's my pleasure. It's always great to talk to you and uh, all of our fans about a little Blue Raider Athletics.
2: Yes, absolutely. And speaking of that um, – uh, you know, you were a you were a college athlete, and then, of course, came here as an assistant coach. But you know, when we hear Title Nine, um, Title Nine isn't just about sports. the The sports side of it's just kind of an offshoot, isn't it?
3: You know, it really is, Monty. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the women's volleyball committee as the chair. Uh, the year that Title IX turned 40. And the uh, Final Four was at uh, Louisville that year, and Julie Herman, who was uh, an associate AD up there, brought in the, the woman who put forth the legislation for Title IX, and we brought her in to speak to all the athletes at the Final Four. And the most amazing thing, she was such a sweet lady, and she said, you know, I, I never dreamed that it would have any effect on athletics. We were just upset that uh, the women in our department did not get promoted for tenure at the same level of the men's uh, professors. And so we put this forward and I never even thought about athletics. And we're th- we were just smiling because we're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what, a, what an incredible thing for someone who didn't even really understand the, the entire magnitude of what she was doing. But, but thank goodness she, she stood up and said, hey, it needs to be equal, and it helped in so many different areas.
2: Now, in its premise, is Title nine give um, young women, uh, I guess, equal opportunity to play college sports, to get scholarships uh, in college sports? Is that kind of the gist of it?
3: Well, basically it just says that, that no individual uh, on the basis of sex, race, several different areas can be discriminated against and should have all equal opportunities. And uh, and so, you know, when you stop and you start thinking about what that could affect, um, you know, no person should be discriminated against. We know that. And then when you think about how uh, some of our, our women's programs back there did not, uh, number one, didn't really totally have organized sports. They certainly uh, didn't have uh Specified coaches. They didn't have a place to practice. They didn't have a budget. They didn't have scholarship. They didn't have you know any of the things that a lot of the male counterparts had that were playing sports at that time. And so it covers about 14 different things um, that that you should have access to. That that includes athletic training. That includes academic tutoring. That includes, you know, budgets, uh, the ability to travel at the same uh, type of transportation, the ability to practice in similar facilities at like hours. I mean, it's just amazing when you stop and look at it to see all the different things that it did affect in college athletics. But first and foremost, yes, it was scholarships and actually organized teams. And so that was one of the most exciting things because if you look at MTSU in the late 60s, early 70s, well, no, no uh, organized teams were there. Uh, in fact, uh, Dr. Sandy Neal, who uh, was our first scholarship athlete at MTSU, was uh, you know playing tennis, but they had no scholarships. And so she and a couple of basketball athletes were the first ever to receive a scholarship back in 1972 at MTSU
2: yeah and um you know that's certainly a trail blazer, and you know um you know i I still don't think maybe some things still aren't where they should be, but uh, in you know in a fifty year span it's 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 night and day now
3: you know we were we were talking about that that many of the athletes that that heard uh the woman talk about starting title nine were already even ten years ago, completely benefiting from what she did. I mean, they had a full scholarship. They, you know, they didn't realize there were times people didn't have full scholarships. Uh, they had, you know, athletic trainers, they had academic tutoring. They had the same equipment. They had uh, so many things that I, I don't want to say they took for granted, but they just kind of probably thought it was always that way. They never had to buy their own tennis shoes and their own practice clothes and pile in a station wagon and go to some other university to play a game that really wasn't even sanctioned. Uh, And you look back, uh, you know, I went to the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, 50th anniversary of Title IX luncheon associated with their spring meetings a couple of weeks ago, and got to see some old friends, and one of those was Mary Nell Meadors, who uh, was at Tennessee Tech for so many years. And a lot of people may not know it, but she went to school at Middle Tennessee State. And she was one of those people that played without a scholarship. Uh, And she and Sue Gunner, who was a very well-known coach at LSU for so many years, they both are Middle Tennessee State graduates. And they went on to start women's programs at other institutions. And when you stop and you think about all the things they did to blaze that trail, it's just amazing. To think about their dedication uh, and, and their desire to make sure everyone, not only themselves but everyone else, had the opportunity to play college athletics uh, at, at a higher level, and so that's pretty exciting to see.
2: You know, the rivalry in me hates to give Tennessee Tech credit for anything, but give Tennessee <laughs> give give Tennessee Tech credit that they uh, they were one of the as far as teams programs they were a big name program in the infancy years of women's basketball and I know uh, at one time forever they were in the top 20 in victories in America
3: right well you know Monty and I don't you know I don't think of myself as a dinosaur well sometimes I do but I I graduated in the uh, late 70s and if you uh, wanted to play college basketball there were not many choices and the top choices were uh, Belmont under coach uh, Betty Wiseman. Uh, We got to go to her camps, and and she ran a great program at Belmont, Uh, Tennessee Tech with Mary Nell Meadows. Even Pat uh, Summit at that time had just started, so Tennessee was not really uh, a huge program at the time. And then a lot of people laugh when I say this, but the Wayland Baptist Flying Queens were also a big team back then. and We didn't play in the NCAA. We were back still in the aiaw in fact i think i played in one of the last aiaw tournaments uh at Lipscomb in 1980 so i think right after that is when the ncaa picked up women's sports and went hey maybe this is going to stick around let's let's do some women's sports and so it was an exciting time
2: yeah you know and then you know you softball became big and then you know of course volleyball um, and then soccer came around uh course track and field i mean there's it it, it created so many opportunities that in all those previous years you know uh, young girls never had a chance
3: you know that's so true i mean I, i remember at mount juliet i played for coach larry joe inman and we had basketball and that was pretty much it and he we laughed because he started a track program to keep us in shape when we weren't in basketball season and uh you know several of our basketball athletes broke records in the nil back in the old nashville league uh with our track program and he started that you know just to keep us uh moving and in shape and it it was so much fun uh and you know you you talk about other sports the ones you just mentioned there was there was some softball but most of that was a summer league there was no tennis there was no volleyball Uh, i never had the opportunity to play volleyball i love the sport but i never had that opportunity and then Lo and behold, uh, Coach Jimmy Earle hires me to come to Middle Tennessee State to be the first full-time assistant women's basketball coach, and he lets me coach volleyball, a, a sport I'd never played, and and you can remember that well with us uh, sharing some practice time back in those good old days. There were some lean years, and, and I was just excited to get my volleyball athletes some of the same opportunities our women's basketball team had back then, let alone Uh, some of the benefits that uh, our
2: men's sports has. We're joined today by Diane Turnham, Senior Associate Athletic Director at MTSU, talking Title IX today and how far uh, women's sports has come in uh, leaps and bounds in college athletics over the last uh, 50 years. This portion of All Sports Talk has been brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906, That's First Bank. We'll take a break and be right back.
0: Here's Dr. Craig McCabe at McCabe
4: Vision Center. We have a full line of laser procedures.
0: Dr. Craig McCabe.
4: As well, we offer the doctor brand of skin peels, as well as a full line of cosmetic pharmaceuticals. Make yourself look 10 years younger. Call McCabe Vision Center.
1: 3
4: 24, 22. It's never too late.
2: At State Farm, when home and auto work as a team, you score and save money. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. With the service you get from State Farm, you might think our car insurance costs more. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me show you with discounts it's up to
0: 40%, you may find it even costs less. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. Welcome back in to All Sports Talk.
2: Diane Turnham joining us today. Uh, Coach, you um, there's so many topics you can jump. Back and forth on I you know. Uh, I remember uh, the women's games uh, when the women started playing. They played before the men, and um, I guess the games would start at five o'clock or four thirty, and then you'd get some stragglers coming in, you know, before the men's games, and then right and and, and that. And I remember watching. This was obviously pre-ESPN when you know you can. You can sit in the recliner all day and watch college basketball from 11 to midnight now. You just pick your channel, you know. And I remember uh, the men's game would be over. And they would be interviewing the coach and the star player. And the women were going through their warm-ups. They played after the men. Right. And so, (laughs) obviously, everybody left, you know. So in terms of crowds the growing of the game and i think you know i mean let's face it you had old school men and and they they just scoffed at the idea that women could play basketball 5 on 5 to begin with you know and um Bye. and and now for people who enjoy basketball i like watching the women's game i know a lot of people like watching the women's game where that wasn't the once you get exposed to it and watch it, and, you know, and, and softball's a great example. I think most men, and as much as I love the College World Series, I love watching that softball. It's a fast game, and it's amazing what those girls can do.
3: You know, I think that's so true, Monty. You know, uh, that coaching basketball, we always said, hey, given the same opportunities, we can produce uh, an entertaining event. It may not be exactly like the men's game, but it's a different version, and it's an exciting version. Uh, back in those early years when, when you saw Tennessee, uh, you know, develop uh, some of their top teams, and they're going to the NCAA tournament every year, uh, those were great times, and those were some great women's programs to watch, uh, and so, you know, we always said given the right resources, we could hold our own, and I think Uh, Nobody did that better than Padhead Summit, who, you know, averaged some uh, incredible crowds uh, back in the 70s and early 80s. And then you you add softball, and I agree with you, what an exciting sport. Uh, They hit the ball more, you know, baseball's a great game, America's pastime, nobody is debating that. But the women's game is a little faster. You can use pitchers more often because of the arm motion. Uh, you can see a top pitcher every day, and you see the, the women hit a lot of balls. If you, if you watch the College uh, World Series or softball series this year, you, you watch some incredible softballs. So, you know, once again, it's not exactly the same game as baseball, but it's, it's uh, a great way uh, – for people to enjoy the game and and see it and it's become one of the the uh you know most watched on ESPN. I think they'll tell you how much it's grown the last couple of years and it's exciting to see.
2: Um how educated do you think today's female college athletes are on what Title IX is? <laughs> Or do they just? You know, or do they take? Do they take their opportunities they have for granted now? Which you can't blame them. I mean, that's all they've known now.
3: Well, you know, Monty, I, I don't want to say oh they've taken it for granted. I, I don't, I don't think necessarily they do. And yet, you're right. They don't know what they did not have in the last fifty years. Um, they've always been afforded the opportunity to participate in sports. I mean, I remember when I was at Mount Juliet, we never had youth basketball leagues. You know, Larry Joe made each of us take a team, and and we got in the community, and we started junior pro basketball. Well, most young women today don't remember a time they didn't have club sports or junior pro uh, and those things. And so I think any time you've had it for a long time, you kind of forget that – it is uh, a privilege to play those sports it's not necessarily your right because we did not have that right back then now uh, it's a privilege and and I I think that about college athletics as a whole but I I don't ever want people to take it for granted but the way the NCAA has changed I mean once upon a time getting a college scholarship was the ultimate goal And, and now with the Uh, NILs, the name, image, and likeness uh, and all the different things, the transfer portal I think sadly sometimes a lot of our athletes do take some things for granted because they think they've always had those things available and and, you know the sad reality is only 50 years ago many of us did not have that opportunity and we should continue to appreciate it and take advantage of it
2: and you know um, aspiring coaches are getting more opportunity. I mean, you know, for years, uh, you know, in the men's game, it looked like a Fortune 500 company over there, <laughs> nine guys dressed in suits, and then in college, you just see two guys over there. Right. Or a guy and a man, or, or, or whatever the case. So it's created more opportunities for women to coach, maybe not at the collegiate level, but certainly the high school level. And, uh, you, you know, if you follow basketball in the mid-state, there is a lot of. Uh, overriding more um, I mean there's still men's coaches but there's a lot of women's coaches now
3: you know the, the opportunities are endless uh, and that's an exciting thing um, it's kind of crazy because I never thought I would set out to be a college coach and, and one thing led to another and I got some opportunities that I never dreamed of uh, you know when I mentioned uh, earlier that I was brought here to coach basketball with Coach Larry Joe Inman and I was told I was going to coach volleyball. I was the only coach. I was the head coach, the assistant coach, the bus driver, the manager, you name it. I did it all for volleyball. And, you know, the whole time I coached, I felt like these young ladies deserved more, but I was all they had at the time. And it was so exciting to see them come in and be able to get scholarships and to participate and You know, when I looked at my male counterparts, uh, Coach Remrod Simpson was coaching the men back then. I believe he had three full-time assistants, and they all made quite a bit more money than I did. And they only coached one sport. But you know what? I was so excited for the opportunity. I, I didn't care. I just wanted to be able to coach those two teams to the very best of my ability, and to develop opportunities for them to get their education. Uh, We always talked about how important that education would be uh, to allow them to support themselves for the rest of their lives. And and I look back now and see some of the athletes that that came in and and went with me through that process. And and to see the success they've had as a result of their college scholarship is still phenomenal. And that's something I'm probably the most proud of when I look back at my career there at MTSU.
2: I was going to say now, when you first started, you were wearing – all kinds of hats and making yeah. big big you were making big time bucks weren't you
3: <laughs> oh yeah i i was I, I was probably making about a third of one of the assistants that uh the men's basketball team had uh but i was young and crazy and didn't know the difference and was living the dream uh you know coaching two sports and also teaching a, a part-time teaching level I came in early. I got some travel and recruiting done. I taught two or three classes. I took off to uh, women's basketball practice from 1.30 to 3.30. From 3.30 to 5.30, I went over to the old gym, and we practiced a little volleyball. And then at night, I came back to use the old watch line to do a little recruiting, or I was driving somewhere to watch people play. And so my day was from about 6 a.m. to midnight, but I didn't know the difference. I just, you know, I was so happy for that opportunity uh, that, that I would have done anything to do that. Uh, then I found out a little bit about salaries and opportunities. So, you know, we started fighting a little bit harder for opportunities not only for our student-athletes but for our coaches because, you know, I just looking at the men and them having four people on the floor to coach them and us only having two, uh, and there were times I was away with the volleyball team so, you know, Larry Joe was excited to have the first full-time assistant and I was excited about that, but still, I wasn't really full time because I was coaching a, another sport. So uh, things have evolved greatly. I, I look at the coaching staffs today, and and in almost every situation, uh, you know, they have um, a head coach and three full time assistants and a director of operations. And so, yeah, there's a lot of suits sitting over there on the bench.
2: <laughs> sure are. You're listening to All Sports Talk. Diane. Turnham join us today. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. And. Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Rider Insider that Report. Welcome back.
1: Premier 6 Theater on Broad, in Jackson Heights.
0: Let's all go do the movies.
1: Check out what's showing at MurfreesboroMovies.com. Popcorn popped fresh daily. Premier 6 on Broad, in Jackson Heights. Good afternoon, a steady flow of traffic continues in on 840 over from Williamson County. Lots of radar out here, at least it was earlier on, 24 out past Eps Mill Road. Well, that's no surprise, right? All uh, the traffic uh, continuing out towards Coffee County, be careful. Traffic's building pretty good out here up and down. Sam Ridley. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world famous Cotton Candy Wine. Log on to GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Ducks are coming back to the Borough Beach. The Great Duck Chase will be held Saturday, September 17th at 10 a.m. The Great Chase passionately helps local families whose children are battling life-limiting illnesses. Adopt a duck and help a child. It's a fun-filled family event. Visit thegreatchase.org to adopt your ducks today. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul, Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014.
0: they're where life happens i'm state farm agent bud morris it's smart to protect them together give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let me help you save by combining your home and auto it's time show your true blue, blue raiders it's time for the blue raider insider report with
1: chip walters sponsored by mike tanzel with my team insurance Your full service insurance agent. 390 8476. Wayne Blair, Rayburn Insurance. 390
0: 8476. sports Talk on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at
4: WGNSradio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and we start things off. On a rather somber note, a couple of things, including uh, the death of Blue Raider Hall of Famer Danny Moore. Former Middle Tennessee baseball standout Danny Moore passed away following his long and courageous battle with cancer. Visitation with the family will be in Lexington, Kentucky on Sunday with a funeral service to follow on Monday. The 67-year-old Moore was an outstanding center fielder who excelled at the plate on the bases and in the field when he starred for the Blue Raiders during the 1976 and 77 season. Moore is the only Blue Raider to have his number retired and one of just two baseball numbers in program history to be retired. He was inducted into the Blue Raider Hall of Fame in 2009. He posted a 351 career batting average and was the table-setter at the top of Coach John Stanford's lineup. We uh, certainly have our thoughts and prayers with the family of Blue Raider Hall of Famer Danny Moore. Also a double gut punch on the same day, former Blue Raider tight end Mike Clark passed away after a battle with cancer as well. Uh, Mike was an outstanding tight end in uh, Coach Boots Donnelly's offense that was run-oriented. Mike was as tough as it got on the field, but a gentle giant off the field and just as nice a guy as, as you could hope know his arrangements visitation this friday at phillips robinson funeral home in nashville that will be from 4 to 8 p.m and a celebration of life at one o'clock on saturday at long hollow pike baptist church in hendersonville but our thoughts again with family of Mike Clark. His sister Vicki was also a volleyball player at Middle. Mike grew up in Greenbrier and uh, did his uh, college work at Middle Tennessee and after that spent a long time as a Metro policeman and other security jobs. All right, let's go on to something a little more exciting and a little more happy. Uh, Last night, big crowd out for the True Blue Tour uh, family event at Strike and Spare. Even with all the rain that came through, a packed house out at Strike and Spare, we want to appreciate everybody that came out to that. And of course, coming up next week, the Blue Raider Blitz will begin and we'll have more information again on that. But if you want to go to com and go to any of those events, and if you want the free meal, you need to SVP so they have a good head count for the food. All right, let's turn to football. Jalen Lane has been named a preseason All-American by Athlon Sports. Lane was amongst the third team specialist and made the team as a punt returner. The rising redshirt sophomore receiver was named a Football Writers Association of America freshman All-American as a punt returner last year when he ranked second nationally in punt return average and was 26th nationally in combined kick return yards which were 580. So good news there for Jalen Lane. More preseason honors in Blue Raider football. Two Middle Tennessee players have been named to the East-West Shrine Bowl 1000 list, and that was announced earlier today. Defensive end Jordan Ferguson and receiver Isaiah Gathings are the Blue Raiders who have been named to that list. Each year, approximately 1,000 All-Star Game eligible players are drafted, signed after the draft, or attend a rookie minicamp. The aim for the sh- Rhine Bowl 1000 is to serve as a look into the scouting process. More on that on GoBlueRaiders.com as well. All right, that's it for today. We will uh, talk to you again with another update coming tomorrow. Welcome to Country Living in Gladeville and staying close to everything. Located on Stewart's Ferry Pike, this custom-built home sits on nine-plus acres and features an open floor plan with two dining areas and a large kitchen. The master suite is spacious with room for a home office, large closets and a bathroom set up with his and her vanities and a shower that never runs out of hot water because of the whole house tankless water heater. All three bedrooms in this home are on the main floor. The bonus room has bonus space for a second home office. In addition to a two-car attached garage, there's a new two-car detached garage. And the home is serviced by high-speed internet and a whole house water softener. You need to see this home in person. Set up a showing through your Realtor or call me. Choose CHIP at 615-542-1915. I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lam and Associates. All
0: sports talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome
2: back to All Sports Talk. Diane Turnham, senior associate athletic director at MTSU, join us today. We're talking Title IX and women's opportunities, uh and sports, you know, I I heard this back in the, you know, empathy days where, you know, let's face it, some a lot of men are kind of chauvinist about things and 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 um just to put it try to put it as politely as I can, well they don't need to why you gotta fun volleyball, you know that's not even a revenue producing sport. And I said Well neither is men's golf. It's the law You know. (laughs) It's like the law. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like I was telling a guy the other day. He goes, "Well, the NCAA is not going to put up with this NIL stuff." I said, "They don't have no choice. They got beat nine to nothing uh, uh, in front of the Supreme Court. That's a blowout. You know, they're just going to have to find some way to deal with it. You know, so and that's what you know, men. They like I said, they've had to come to um, uh, accept it." And then I would always tell them. I'm gonna say, if you had a girl, you wouldn't feel that way. That played athletics, and she could get, right. a, and she could get a scholarship. So don't be, don't be so quick to, to dog it.
3: Exactly. You know, I, I think that's the, the one thing that everyone uh, can understand uh, is when you have those daughters and they didn't have the same opportunities to earn a scholarship. Uh, you know you're like wow you know my daughter's very talented uh, but she can't play at the collegiate level and having two daughters of your own you know exactly what we're talking about you know I always cut up and say you know Chris masaro has been a great boss because he's got four children two of them are daughters and a, a very strong willed wife so uh, I don't have to talk too hard about title nine because he understands it very clearly and And both of his daughters were uh, going through college on swim scholarships and and so when you think about uh, equality and the ability to earn your way to uh, pay for your college uh, education it, it was just something that needed to happen it took a little bit longer than we all thought it should but it's incredible now to see all of the different scholarship opportunities available for women in so many more sports than ever before. Uh, so it, it's an exciting time, and uh, it's sad, and yet I'm grateful that sometimes our, our athletes today don't understand the total significance because they haven't been without uh, during their college experience. But uh, you just hope they know that a, a lot of women you know, worked very hard to pave that way for them. To have the opportunities that they have today to, to play in the WNBA, to play overseas, to officiate women's basketball, to coach women's basketball. There are so many more activities uh, for them to participate in and to develop a career, and, and I know I have benefited greatly, and, and I uh, am very grateful for the opportunities that I had at Middle Tennessee State University to uh, enhance my career and hopefully influence
2: some of the careers of a lot of our student athletes um Diane, uh, we've obviously come a long way um still work to be done though i know uh the women's soccer team is finally up to pay with the men i know i, I think it is in tennis now you know their excuse in tennis for all those years well uh, the women only play two out of three sets right <laughs> you know they're always coming up with an excuse. But what are some areas that we still got work to do and room to grow?
3: You, you know, money. Uh, uh, people love to compare salaries, and obviously that's that's an area. Uh, it's gotten much better, but obviously in the professional ranks there are still some huge differences. Uh, we and and I, I understand sponsorships, and I understand uh, all sorts of things, but you know. Uh, while a lot of the women's WNBA players do well, uh, they're not anywhere near their male counterparts, um, and there are still a lot of discrepancies in coaching salaries. they don't get me wrong, they have significantly improved, but there are still a lot of uh, major differences in salary. There are a few that are very similar, but the majority uh, of the people who coach on the college level, they're they're men. Men's programs and their women's programs still make uh, much different salaries, so that's that's one way we could always work to improve.
2: Um, how big was the Dawn Staley contract, though, at South Carolina?
3: You know, uh, that's big. That's exciting. You know, uh, and as soon as you see those sorts of things, uh, she's had incredible success at every level of the game, and uh, I don't think anyone can deny how hard she's worked and uh, the significance that she's had there at the University of South Carolina and as a part of uh, Team USA. Um, and, and so that's exciting to see. Uh, and then I, I pick up after I see the salary that that she uh, was able to negotiate, you turn right around and, and you see that a, a pro team is looking at her. Uh, so I think, you know, there are still gonna be more opportunities you just have started seeing some women cross over to the men's ranks i said for a lot of years that there's no doubt in my mind that pat head summit could not coach any male team in america because she had a personality and and dawn's probably one of those people too so uh you, you know you saw bernadette Locke at kentucky many years ago rick patino hired her uh, and, and and i can tell you she was invaluable recruiting and coaching Uh, So those are some other opportunities that I think you're going to continue to see where women cross over and coach their male counterparts.
2: Diane Turnham joining us today. Uh, We'll take our last break of the show and be right back.
3: I'm Meteorologist Ray Miller from News Radio WGNS with a reminder that you can download the Weatherology app on your phone
1: for the forecast at your fingertips. We can even send weather bulletins directly to your phone. Download the Weatherology app today, it's free in the App Store. Good afternoon, the steady flow of traffic continues in on 840 over from Williamson County. Lots of radar out here, at least it was earlier on, 24 out past Eps Mill Road. Well, that's no surprise, right? All the traffic uh, continuing out towards Coffee County, be careful. Traffic's building pretty good out here up and down. Sam Ridley. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world famous Cotton Candy Wine. Log on to GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
4: We do it your way at Sir Pizza.
1: You can order Murphy Spurls' favorite pizza online, sirpizzatn.com. Carry out and delivery for dinner tonight at sirpizzatn.com.
0: Fox Auction. We handle everything. Whether you're buying or selling a home or whether you're buying or selling commercial property,
4: the auction is just so much easier, quicker, smoother.
2: My wife and I sold our personal home, Parks Auctions, and helped us with that. The house brought about 20% more than we were going to ask for.
4: Visit
0: our website at parksauction.com. Learn more. Hi, there,
2: now, $15. Stan
1: Vaud and the Parks auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU Sports.
0: 30, 30, to you. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.
2: Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Joined today by Diane Turnham, MTSU's Senior Associate Athletic Athletic Director. Um, talking Title Nine today. First of all, this portion of the show also brought to you by First Bank. Locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. All right, Diane, when did you decide you want to get into the administration end of athletics? You mentioned you were the Chair of the volleyball committee, um, most recently the chair of the women's basketball committee. So, you know, you had to answer tough questions and all that. But how did you decide to get involved in that?
3: You know, Monty, it's funny. Um, Those people who know me, I I majored in elementary education. I was going to be an elementary school teacher. But Larry Joe brought me here. I started working in college athletics uh i i saw uh my volleyball team and some of the things they needed i was so excited about coaching basketball and i really never intended to stay more than maybe four or five years but it got in my blood and the more i coached and the more i saw the need for more opportunities for women i, I just knew that i wanted to make a difference somehow uh, there at mpsu and across our our, our city our state our nation Uh, And and I think a lot of women felt that way. Uh, So, uh, you know, when the NCAA mandated a senior woman's administrator, uh, you know, I I was uh, selected by Coach John Stanford to, to be one. Didn't have a lot of responsibilities then. I just had a title and I attended meetings, but I started to learn more about the administrative side. And I realized I wanted to get into that field, and it was a relatively new field. And I knew I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, I never really set out to be a college coach, and I never really set out to be an athletic administrator. But, you know, sometimes God has a completely different plan than the one you have, and he brought me to middle. And, you know, in August, I will be finishing my 40th year, and those have been some of the best years of my life. I, I've enjoyed uh, helping make better opportunities for hopefully all of our athletes, but especially our female athletes. And and that's just uh, – it's been a huge honor to be a part of all of that there at MTSU. And, and I want to thank the administration because they've always been behind us. They might not have agreed with everything, but, you know, they've always supported us. And so, you know, uh, Dr. James Walker, who was president before Dr. McPhee, developed a program for uh, – faculty members to get administrative experience and because I still had to teach some classes I applied for an internship and I got to work with the only female vice president we had back then Dr. Ann Deming and she was over development and I learned so much for her I I applied for her internship and I worked in the mornings in her office and then went back and did my coaching duties in the the afternoon and evening and I learned so much about um what What we can do to affect the university and make it a better place. And and just knowing some of the female athletes we have brought into our institution and and their success, uh, it it makes me so proud to know that, uh, you know, hopefully our educational programs were enhanced by some of the students that we brought to be a part of our university. You know, I'll put in one plug the uh, Chair of uh, Media and Entertainment. Is Beverly Kill, and she played on my first volleyball team. And, uh, you know, she was uh, unable to go to Columbia because her father passed away suddenly when she was a senior in high school. And all of a sudden, she had to come to Middle Tennessee and she needed a place to make her mark. And she saw a sign that said volleyball tryouts, and she walked in, and the rest is history. And now she's over the head, she's head of the media entertainment department. And I could not be more excited and more proud of her.
2: That's good stuff. Let me ask you this. I know we've talked about your role when you were the uh, chairman of the Women's Basketball Selection Committee. What was it like for you when you sat down and met for that first time on that weekend and you're running the show?
3: You know, uh, you run the show for the whole year, and so uh, I have been uh, conducting the meetings uh, since the summer. Uh, and I had a great group of individuals to work with. No one just clearly understands how many hours you put in uh, on kind of an honorary committee, but uh, you you guys saw me sitting on the sidelines watching three or four games at a time. We watched hundreds of ball games and all became very proficient with certain conferences so that we could speak to them and and so all year long uh it was one of the greatest thrills of my life to be able to work to enhance women's basketball we worked with espn to get greater and greater uh tv coverage and now being able to see every single game is a huge accomplishment uh something we're very excited about uh, but going into that meeting, it was the oddest feeling you've ever had. Uh, a, a fellow committee member and I and I actually met in Charlotte and were flying on to Indy. And as we were boarding the plane from Charlotte to Indy, we heard, number one, that, that conferences were starting to shut down their conference tournament. And, and that was a sick feeling. Uh, our women were about to run on the floor to participate when they came and took them off and said the, the tournament's canceled. And so we knew that there were going to be some strange times. We never dreamed that they would cancel the entire tournament. Uh, but we had a meeting that Thursday afternoon, March 12th, uh, with the NCAA starting at 3.30, and they called and asked us to come in early. And it was a sick feeling. You knew that wasn't good news. And, and basically all they said is, you know, we don't, You know, the NCAA has made the decision to cancel the men's and women's tournament, and and we were just blown away. You just had this sick, empty feeling, And, and I can't imagine how the athletes felt because we were so disappointed because, you know, we already had scenarios of who we thought might make it to the Final Four and who might be the eventual national champion. And all of a sudden, you knew none of that was going to happen. So it was one of the hardest days of our lives. And, and I know that it was for athletes as well. And, and they told us we could fly home that afternoon. You know, they were sorry we had to come all that way. And we couldn't even force ourselves to fly home. We waited till the next day because it was just hard. You know, you had worked so hard all year long to make sure you knew who you felt the top teams were. And, and so it was just, it was a very difficult time. No one ever sat around the table and said you know what would happen if we had a pandemic and so a lot of people had to act very quickly and the the ncaa did that and we certainly we respected that but it was a very difficult time
2: before we let you go be remiss not to mention that um mtsu um out of i think there's 351 universities at the division one level now mtsu finishes 98th in the learfield um um, sports Cup and uh, the highest finishing team in Conference USA. So that means you guys are getting it done across the sport, across the board in a lot of sports this year.
3: You know, Monty, that's probably the most exciting thing. We don't dominate in just one sport. We feel that we have a, a wide variety of coaches that do a great job in all of our sports. Uh, you know, and we don't have as many Sports, as a lot of programs do. So that makes it even more exciting to know we finished higher than uh, any Middle Tennessee State University team has ever finished. Uh, you know, our, our track programs have always been incredible with national competition, our women's basketball, our men's basketball. Uh, you know, in, in every area, you look at men's tennis and how well they did being a top 16 seed this year. Uh, It's a great time to be a Blue Raider, and we would encourage all of our fans there in Murfreesboro and the surrounding area to come out and support these athletes. You're going to see a quality product, uh, and you're not going to have to spend an arm and a leg. We like to say we're a great economic value for the families there in Murfreesboro, and you get to know some pretty incredible people. You know, we, we think our athletes, while they're not perfect, they're great role models for your children and we'd encourage you to come out and find out. We don't like being the best-kept secret in Rutherford County, so everyone needs to come out and watch all of our teams play.
2: Well said. As always, the hour flies by, Diane, but we sure appreciate you joining us today.
3: Well, it has been great. I always love talking with you, Monty, and anytime you uh, want to invite me back, I'll be happy to do it.
2: Okay, have a great day.
3: You too, Monty.
2: Thanks. That's Diane Turnham joining us today. She's always great and gracious to join us, and uh, uh, good stuff. She's lived through the Title IX and everything, so and watch things get a whole lot better. All right, everybody have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you next time.
1: All sports talk on News Radio WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel, Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lam and Associates, First Bank, Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care, Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors, Jennings and Ears Funeral Home, Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.